Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Happy June. Welcome to uh, my June edition of the construction webinar series. For those of you joining me for the very first time, my name is Tashia Rasul. I'm a partner here at Lois Law Firm. I oversee the construction defense team here at Lois Law Firm. For those of you who have been joining me for the past two years or so, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming back every month to hear what I have to say. Today we are going to be discussing um, on-site investigations and activating the OSIP team. So um, thank you for joining me. If it's your first time, welcome. If you've been following me for the last two and a half years or so, thank you for coming back every month. As you know, the webinar series, I try to focus it on a uh, issue that's peculiar to uh, construction claims um, because that's my expertise. I defend workers' comp uh, uh, claims that arise out of construction accidents. The last couple of months, I've been talking about uh, putting together a wrap-up program for your construction project um, because it ultimately results in better claims handling, uh, safety issues, and ultimately reducing your exposure. So today we are going to talk about on-site investigations and the importance of these investigations and activating that wonderful OSIP or CSIP or the wrap-up team that we are going to uh, put together for our next project. Um, there's going to be a Q&A session in the end. It's live. Type your questions into the box. It looks like this. And hopefully it'll pop up in my end. If I have time, I will answer your question. If not, you can email me or give me a call and we can talk about whatever you have a question about. All right, so let's get into it. As a reminder, the job site, these construction sites, it's a changing living organism. Uh, a phase is completed today, it starts tomorrow, a new one starts tomorrow, workers are there today, um, they're not there tomorrow, the trades leave, machinery's there today, it's not there tomorrow. Um, they're being moved around all the time, the ladders, uh, the, the, the big machinery, the tools, everything's being moved around. Um, so by the time an accident is reported or uh, investigated, things may not look the same and be the same as they did at the time when the accident occurred or is alleged to have occurred. Um, the other thing is uh, surveillance. I know a lot of construction sites generally don't have surveillance on them, but in New York City especially, every single building has surveillance on them. And quite often, more than we know, uh, surveillance from other buildings are capturing things that are going on at these construction projects. So I recommend that something to be taken into consideration when an accident occurs or when, is, when one is alleged to have occurred to you know, request or we can subpoena the surveillance from the surrounding buildings to see if it captured anything that would help us in the defense of our claims. Keeping in mind though that those are constantly um, being taped over, sometimes a week, generally about 30 days or so. So if a 30-day period has lapsed, we're gonna have a we're not gonna be able to get that surveillance. All right, so which accidents should be investigated? Whoops. Um, I always go ahead on the slide, sorry. Uh, all accidents should be investigated, but the, the most catastrophic ones are the ones that we should really, really uh, pay attention to and make sure all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed. 
Um, the ones that include or involve a loss of limb, head injury, and deaths. So I'll tell you, head injuries, those cases, they spiral out of control very quickly if we don't tee them up from the very beginning because the claimant's attorneys are quick to allege a traumatic brain injury, and that's like the new spinal fusion in New York. It's costing a lot of money. Um, and the juries are um, ruling um, in excessive amounts for claims wherein the claimant is alleging or claiming or you know, has been found to have traumatic brain injuries. So these are the ones that we really need to keep our eyes on, as well as those involving a fall from height, whether it's a ladder or a scaffold, because this triggers uh, Section 240 of the labor law. Um, and then those that involve the use of heavy equipment or machinery, those can be catastrophic also. You know, someone like um, a, a bulldozer or like a crane, uh, a bulldozer like, I don't know, running over someone or a crane collapsing and causing significant injuries. Um, these are the real catastrophic ones. These are the ones where if an accident really occurred or the claimant did get hit by machinery or fall from the ladder, the injuries are going to be or, uh, severe or alleged to be severe. These are the ones that also drive the exposure uh, for your wrap-up program, right? Because these are the ones where they're going to be going after the multi-million dollar settlements or verdicts on the GL side. We're not talking about, you know, an ankle case where the claimant just had a little bit of a sprain. He went back to work after about six weeks or so. The uh, lost wage is very low. He's not treating. There's not a lot of exposure there. Those should be investigated. But I guess my point is the catastrophic ones, the ones that we know are going to turn into the third party or the general liability claim, the claimant being out of work for years or forever, undergoing multiple surgeries, and you know all of a sudden moving from one body part being injured to multiple body parts injured are the ones that involve like these mechanisms of injuries or these body parts here. So let's keep an eye on those. All right, so this on-site investigation, I know I've been talking about it a lot and I probably sound like a broken record at this point saying that investigations should, should start from the very first day. The very first day that we are aware that an accident occurred or from the very first day that the claimant is alleging there was an unwitnessed accident. Uh, we have been seeing more and more unwitnessed accidents. So we are recommending to our clients that when you're doing the on-site investigation to look into what the safety protocols were. Was the claimant actually in the job site? Uh, who was responsible for overseeing the work of the claimant? Who was working with him? Get the payroll records from all of the entities that were on the job site. Um, get all of the medic or incident reports all teed up. Um, so, so that when a claimant alleges that a particular accident happened, we can start the investigation. There are times when, you know, the, the accident, everyone knows it happens. And these are the catastrophic ones, right? Um, these are the, the fall from the ladder that someone clearly saw or like a scaffold uh, collapsed or, you know, some, someone was hit by uh, one, of, one of the machinery on site. And, you know, it's, it's known that there was an accident. So for those, you'll be able to call your investigator in quickly, uh, get them on the job site. We, you should be doing it within 12 hours or so when, when there's actually an accident. 
I'm aware of investigators who go out in the middle of the night um, just to preserve the evidence, take photographs, interview anyone who may be there because they might still be on shift and so forth. Um, for, uh, for the purposes of the investigation, you should be using your vetted investigator. And this is something that's done during the creation of the wrap-up program. Last month, two months ago, I talked about you know the, the different parties that should be uh, included in your program. And you should have your go-to investigator or investigation company um, because when these accidents occur, you don't want to be scrambling to find someone who is reputable. Um, the programs that I work with, they have vendors that they work with year after year. They know them very good. Uh, work that they do and they're able to call in their investigators in the middle of the night if something were to happen and they go out there. This is the kind of investigation that we need. Uh, consider a cloaked investigation, which means an attorney-driven investigation. Now your attorneys are going to be the one going into court, making the arguments, defending the claim, whether it's being accepted or denied. Um, speak with your attorney before doing the investigation or during the investigation process. I am aware that uh, general liability attorneys would, you know, go to the job site for the investigation to get the information because your exposure is on that end. But I would strongly suggest contacting your workers' comp attorney too. I've gone out to job sites for the initial investigation to see what happened, to see the location, um, you know, the setup, and most importantly to uh, guide the investigator as to the, 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 the kind of information that we're going to need on the workers' comp side to defend that claim from the very beginning. I, I think it's important, even though the um, workers' compensation claim may not be filed immediately, but for the catastrophic claims, for the ones where we know there, for a fact there was an accident, we can almost guarantee there's going to be uh, we, we know there's going to be a workers' compensation claim filed, and we can almost guarantee there's going to be a general liability claim filed also. Um, so that's why it's important to get your attorneys on board from the very beginning to guide your investigator through the process, to guide you through the process, to um, provide all of the information or provide a map for all of the information that they would need in defending the claim. All right, so in the actual investigation, what exactly should be collected? We want to know the who, what, where, when, why, every single thing that we can know about the accident. We want to know who the eyewitnesses are, details about the mechanism of injury. So if there are eyewitnesses, we're asking them questions about what happened, how did it happen, how far away, how many times. Every single detail that we can get about the mechanism of injury is important. And this is important because, as I've said probably in every single webinar so far, you know, I've seen claims that start from like a, a hand injury or a knee injury and then it travels through the body and eventually the entire body is injured, right? So if we know what the exact mechanism of injury is from the very beginning, we can combat and contest additional body parts. Listen, if he didn't hit his head, there's no way he could have sustained a head injury, right? I mean, we need to know this information. If he didn't hit his elbow, then how, how are we getting an, an elbow injury? These are the things we need to know, and, and it comes from, defending it comes from the uh, knowing the very facts and the initial investigation that's being done. The tools, the devices, the equipment, um, all of those should be 
identified, they should be um, preserved, pictures should be taken, um, the investigator should be inquiring as to where exactly they were located, who was using them, how were they being used, and what exactly was involved in the accident process, which tool um, and, and how exactly it was involved in the accident uh, process. The emergency response report. So every good wrap-up program has an excellent um, safety reporting protocol that's been tried and vetted. So we recommend getting one of those. And when you do, whenever there is a, if there is a catastrophic accident, um, your team is going to respond. They're going to they're be documenting the accident and everything that's being told to them, take pictures, whatever they do as a part of that response um, period, you're going to have your investigator request it. Contemporaneous evidence is the best when it comes to defending these claims because no one has any time to make things up, to think about it, to ponder, to say, oh wait, I'm gonna include this, you know, additional fall or tumble or roll or additional body part. Um, the information that's obtained most contempor contemporaneous in time to the accident is the most important uh, for us in defending these claims and attacking credibility of the claimant or even the claimant's doctors. Images of the accident location. Honestly, images can help or hurt a case. A lot of times they can hurt a case, but they need to be done as part of the investigation, um, at least for the general liability side of things where your exposure could be millions of dollars. Your investigators should be taking lots and lots and lots of photographs about every single thing possible. These really should be shared with um, your workers' comp attorneys too so they can make a determination as to whether it helps the defense of their claim and whether it needs to produce to prevent any kind of like a preclusion issue and so forth. But these, um, they, 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 they definitely need to be obtained. Um, looking at the photographs and matching it up with what the eyewitnesses are saying, what the claimant's saying, um, what we know about the tools, the machinery, and you know whatever documentation we got from the emergency response team, we want to make sure they all match each other and you know the story kind of jives. So it's important to get these photographs um, in the very beginning. Activate the rest of the team. So this beautiful wrap-up team we've been talking about, right? Of all the different parties, we have the carrier, the TPA, the broker, the owner, all of the different vendors. From the moment a catastrophic accident occurs, um, or we become aware of one, you should be notifying everyone. Um, in your manual, in your, um, your, your, your program, you're gonna have instructions for who is to notify whom whenever an accident occurs. So, you know, if it's reported directly to um, the employer, the employer should know, uh, all right, I have to report this to the insurance carrier and the TPA, then it goes to the, the broker or the owner, and whatever those pro protocols are, they should be well published to um, you know, the foreman or the super or the employer in general on site so they know who to call right away. Um, you'll have the team contact list published with the, the telephone number and the email address so it's easy to reach out to the individuals. 
Um, generally, the first people to be aware of these things, um, these accidents, would be the on-site nurse or the medic who is being called to the scene. Um, you know, the safety team, the general contractor, and then it goes to the broker, the owner, and the defense uh, attorneys are generally, generally the last to be called in. Um, because no one's going to be calling them directly to say, hey, an accident occurred, right? We become aware of it through the broker or the owner or the carrier and TPA. So it's important to have a call with them. Let's see. No, I don't have a slide on that. So it's important to have a call with everyone to uh, talk about strategy and how to move forward. Um, here's where you can discuss uh, what, what, it, what exactly was the accident, what information do we have, what else do we need, um, things like what do we know about the jurisdiction that this claim is going to be in, what do we know about the project, about any potential hazards or downsides or cons that we're going to be facing, um, any uphill battles that we, we, we can foresee. We should be talking about all of those things and strategizing um, on this call. This call should happen, I'd say, within 24 hours, um, maybe 48 hours of the accident. I generally prefer um, or would recommend a call occurring within 24 hours of the accident, um, partly because the attorneys can provide guidance uh, as to how the investigation should continue beyond the first 12 or 24 hour period and what additional information we need to tee the claim up for a hearing, especially since in workers' comp claim, we can get a hearing in about 30 days from an accident, depending on what's filed with the board. We can go from a pre-hearing conference to trial within maybe 60 days of the accident occurring, depending on how um, savvy the claimant or the claimant's attorney is when it comes to filing things with the board and so forth. So we need to have that call um, as soon as soon as possible. I'd recommend it. A lot of times we don't have a lot of information when we have the call, but I think it's important to brainstorm um, and come up with an action plan and then set subsequent calls. Um, so I know so I know I focused this on uh, catastrophic acci catastrophic accidents, but I just want to say a couple of things with regards to unwitnessed alleged accidents. As soon as we know that the claimant is alleging that an accident occurred, which I've been seeing more and more lately, you know, they they, they talk to their friends and they talk to the union reps and, you know, they see what's going on and, you know, they go to an attorney or the union uh, re uh, refers them to an attorney and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, you, you can say that this happened and we'll say it was unwitnessed and we'll file it and they file it timely within 30 days. But then you, the employer, or the TP, or the carrier, the owner, whoever gets information, who whoever gets notified first, you're like, wait, but we have zero information about this. For those situations, we still recommend an on-site investigation. You need to get your investigator out there right away um, to get all of the same information that you're going to get from the catastrophic accidents. Um, investigations, I, I know it's going to be harder because, like I said, it's a moving, changing organization, organism, these construction projects. And, um, you know, by the time you get there, the phase might be over. The machinery's gone. The witnesses aren't there anymore. Um, so, this is, so this is really one of the reasons I stress to have your 
safety team be on top of everything on the job site. Have your super be on top of everything. If something is reported, make sure it's documented. Make sure all of the workers are reminded whether it's, um, you know, during orientation or their weekly uh, toolbox meetings that there is a protocol for reporting accidents because when they're unwitnessed, we have a harder time with the investigation and the presumption is more in favor of the claimant um, and it, it's kind of a hard, uh, an upward battle to uh, defend these claims and they, they get out of control really quickly. So even for those, I'd recommend getting all of the investigation as you possibly can, uh, get your IMEs, get your surveillance all teed up because those are the ones we're going to have to put a little extra effort into try to recreate or do some backtracking to see what exactly happened. That the claimant is alleging happened, by the way. All right, so that's it for today. Um, those are generally the things I recommend doing to get your team uh, to respond to a loss. It's very, very, very important to do it right away. We can't afford to sit on it. I feel like every minute that goes by, it's more money that's being um, you're being faced with potential exposure for. So. That's it for today. Um, let me see if there are any questions. All right, I don't see any questions. If you think of anything later, feel free to email or give me a call. I am also taking recommendations for future webinars. So if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about, I do have a monthly schedule. It's posted on the firm's website. But if there's a particular topic you'd like me to do a webinar on, uh, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. I can do like a special webinar. Um, I can incorporate it into a topic I'm already going to talk about. Or I'm also doing um, a private one-on-one uh, -on -one trainings for our clients. We're doing them both remotely and I'm pleased to announce that we're going back into offices. If you want us there uh, to do these trainings for you, definitely reach out to us. Um, next month, our webinar is going to be on a Tuesday since uh, the, the first Monday is July 4th. So I'll be back here on July 5th and I'm gonna be talking about legal issues and coordinating defense. A lot of people are asking, well, you're telling me that we can coordinate defense and share information and talk to general liability side of things, but are there legal issues we should be aware of? Yes, there are, and I promise you we're going to be talking about how to do everything legally um, without getting anyone in trouble and with the aim of coming up with the best strategy for your claims. Um, until then, uh, the beautiful weather is here. Enjoy it. Have a beautiful June, and I will see you here uh, next month, um, same time. Take care, everyone.